There are several differing opinions on when to creep feed and how much to creep feed, but this trial was not really focused on that. We just wanted to focus on the impact of the performance on those pigs. Welcome to Inside the Helix, a podcast presentation from DNA Genetics. Throughout this series, we focus on all things that matter to the pork industry. You'll hear from our award-winning team of geneticists, veterinarians, animal care providers, nutritionists, and other industry-leading experts. We'll explore pig production from genetic improvement all the way to meat quality. Listen along as we take a deep dive inside the DNA Helix. Creep feeding is one strategy swine producers implement to encourage growth in baby pigs. Joining me to talk about a study DNA Genetics recently conducted on creep feeding is Dr. Amanda Cross. Dr. Cross is the Director of Genetic Program Implementation with DNA Genetics. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Cross. Thanks for having me. Amanda, let's begin by talking about creep feeding in its most basic form. Most producers may know what this is or may have even used this before, but what is creep feeding in your definition? So creep feeding is providing pigs with a little bit of solid feed while they're still in the pre-wean phase, um, just before weaning. So it kind of gets them used to nosing around or finding that solid feed and not only relying on the sow for feed. So you kind of answered some of my next question, but there may be some additional things as well. Why creep feed? Why would producers want to implement the strategy? So producers have used creep feed as an option to decrease the impact of weaning stressors on piglet performance. Weaning is a very stressful time in a piglet's life, and piglets will experience several stressors at weaning, including a diet change from milk to solids, removal from their dams, introduction to new piglets, new environments, and transportation. So I imagine this is is providing some negative impacts on the pigs, you know, yeah. whether it's reduced feed intake and growth. Right. So... These stressors do impact feed intake and growth and can impact health as well. Um, so providing pigs with creep feed prior to weaning, it allows them to start eating a similar diet to their nursery diet, which could potentially help with gut development and decrease the number of pigs that are hard starters in the nursery. All right. So I did allude to that that study that DNA <laughs> Genetics worked on focused on creep feeding. Let's let's dive right into that and let's talk about the objective of that study. Okay, perfect. The objective of the study that we did was to gain a better understanding of the impact of creep feeding on weaning and post-weaning performance. There are several differing opinions on when to creep feed and how much to creep feed, um, but this trial was not really focused on that. We just wanted to focus on the impact of the performance on those pigs. So we didn't really look at how many days we should creep feed or how much we could, should creep feed, just the impact of creep feeding on the pigs. Let's talk about where the study was conducted. You know, in the previous podcast that you did, you and I had talked about the full program test program that DNA Genetics has. Was the, Were those pigs involved? They were, actually. So we conducted this trial this summer in our full program test herd. And I know, like you said, we discussed this project in a previous podcast, but just in case listeners are not familiar with it, our FPT program is a program that we started in 2018 to better understand how our pigs perform in a commercial environment. We use Pedigree 241s, which are a land-raised Yorkshire crossbred female, and mate them to our nucleus-level Duroc sires to create pedigreed commercial pigs. This program allows us to measure commercial performance, sow longevity, validate genetic trends, and engage in production research such as this creep feeding trial. So let's talk about how this study was conducted. 
So there were roughly 1,500 commercial pigs in this study from 98 different litters. These pigs were individually tagged and weighed at birth, and we did allow cross-fostering within the first 24 hours of birth by treatment. We then assigned treatment randomly to the litter, so half of the litters received creep feed and half of the litters did not receive creep feed. Hmm. So seven days prior to weaning, an 18% lactose complex nursery starter creep feed diet was provided to the litters that were randomly selected to receive creep feed. These litters received half a pound of creep feed per day. At approximately 21 days of age, pigs were then weaned and weighed, then placed randomly in nursery pens by treatment. We then recorded weights one week after nursery placement, at the end of a six-week nursery phase, and at the end of a 12-week finish phase. We also recorded mortality dates and reasons on all pigs from birth through the end of the finish phase. So it sounds like you really had kind of that, that test group and the control group. Correct. Awesome. So what did the results tell you or show you or maybe hint at? Overall, the group of pigs that received creep feed were 1.1 pounds heavier at weaning than the group that did not receive creep feed. Also, these pigs that received creep feed were three pounds heavier at the end of the six-week nursery phase and two pounds heavier at the end of the 12-week finish phase. Although we did see differences in growth, there were no differences in nursery or finish mortality between the two treatments. Looking at those two treatments then, were there any differences in overall feed intake? We did collect feed intake data in the nursery at the pen level, and there were differences in feed intake during the first week post-nursery placement. Those pigs that received creep feed prior to weaning had a higher feed intake one week post-nursery placement than those pigs that did not receive creep feed. However, when looking at feed intake during the whole nursery period, there was no difference in feed intake between the two treatments. So it appears that providing creep feed does help keep the pigs eating during the first week after weaning. What about for those hard starter pigs? So this is where the creep feed discussion gets interesting. There are roughly the same number of pigs in each treatment group that lost weight during the first week after weaning, which we would consider hard starter pigs. Mm -hmm. Of those pigs that lost weight during the first week after weaning, the pigs that received creep feed were five and a half pounds heavier at the end of the six-week nursery phase and 12 pounds heavier at the end of the 12-week finish phase. There was also a 3% higher mortality rate during the nursery phase for those pigs that did not receive creep feed and lost weight during the first week after weaning. On average, the hard starting pigs that received creep feed finished at the same weight as the pigs that did not lose weight during the first week after weaning. However, the pigs that did not receive creep feed were on average 10 pounds lighter than pigs that did not lose weight during the first week after weaning. So what you're saying is, yes, creep feeding really did have an impact on those hard starters as well. Yes, absolutely. Creep feeding did have an impact on hard starters. And although it did not reduce the number of hard starters, it did seem to provide a significant benefit in coping with the transition of weaning. Did you look at the cost at all with this study and maybe look at the cost benefit of creep feeding? We did. Um, The creep feed that we used in this trial was about 11 cent per pig to feed. Based on the two-pound finish advantage for the whole group, there's about a $1.20 advantage to creep feeding. This advantage only goes up for those hard starter pigs that lost weight during that first week after weaning and had a 12-pound advantage over the pigs that did not receive creep feed. So why would a producer not want to implement creep feeding? Cost. Cost. Um, I think in labor. So putting out creep feed daily, um, making sure that it's cleaned up by the pigs and not sitting there 
um, and go into waste. All right, Amanda, what are some key take-homes from the study that you would want to leave with producers? Uh, Overall, pigs that received creep feed prior to weaning had increased growth during the nursery and finish phase. This resulted in heavier end-of-nursery weights and end-of-finish weights. Also, creep feeding had a positive impact on those pigs that would be considered hard starters. Mm -hmm. Um, Although there were roughly the same number of pigs in each treatment that lost weight during that first week post-weaning, those that received creep feed prior to weaning had five and a half pound advantage at the end of the nursery and a 12 pound advantage at the end of the finish phase. From this trial, creep feeding can be a practical and cost-effective um, resource in helping reduce the stress of weaning on pigs. Therefore, producers really should consider utilizing creep feed as a way to improve post-wean growth without impacting feed intake and survival. That's really great information. Amanda, and it looks like you've gotten some really good data from this study. What does the future look like? Is there anything now, knowing what you know, that you're going to focus on in future research trials or studies? I think just taking this out to the commercial environment and seeing how it impacts um, more than just 1,500 pigs and seeing if we really do see these results out in the commercial field. Very good. Thank you very much, Dr. Amanda Cross, Director of Genetic Program Implementation with DNA Genetics. Until next time, I'm Curtis Harms with Inside the Helix. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Helix, presented by DNA Genetics. Inside the Helix is released every other Tuesday and is focused on what matters to the swine industry. To catch up on previous episodes, visit us online at dnaswinegenetics.com or find us at your favorite podcast streaming platforms. You can also keep up with DNA Genetics throughout the year by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For Inside the Helix, I'm Curtis Harms.